0: Pillars of the community, four men, Willie P., Matthew Brown, Eric Jenkins, and William Williams. That is what Judge Bain in El Paso County Court called these four men. Pillars of the community as the attempt by the gainers falls short as justice begins to roll out. This is AJC Radio. We take off. Right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks, along with David Banks, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, Sapson-Riddle, Clint Stewart, William Williams, and our new co-host, Tanique Wright, is joining the team here at AJC Radio. Welcome, Tanique, as I am sure we will get a woman's perspective about this justice system. Thank you for being part of our team.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: And Demetrius Harper as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, folks, Excuse me. and Dennis Merritt as well. Let's not forget him. Uh, We are happy tonight as breaking news into the Colorado case regarding these four men that I just mentioned. And I'll tell you what, Judge Baines should be commended for what he did. We're going to discuss his decision yesterday at Sentencing for a wrongful conviction uh, and the next steps to the appellate court to, in our hope and belief, that the actions of Judge Eric Sokol prior uh, to Mr. Uh, Judge Bane, Chief Judge Bain, taking over uh, as a result of, of Judge Sokol having to recuse herself, I believe, for conduct uh, simply unacceptable. Uh, we're going to deal with that. We're also joined by uh, a very special guest. I'll introduce her momentarily. Uh, but we're going to get started here a little bit to get some thoughts around the table. We'll start with our new co-host, Denise, uh, in addressing the issue of injustice that we have run into. Uh, how important is it uh, that this, this, this story be told, and especially uh, of what we saw yesterday?
1: Um, I think it's very important because uh, most individuals in our society don't think that there's injustice. If you ask the average person, they'll say they believe in the court system. So I think the story is important to be told so that people can actually see what the truth is.
2: Well, absolutely right. Mr. Riddle, your thoughts? Well, I mean, having been there yesterday and actually getting to see this uh, live firsthand, it was absolutely amazing to me um, the amount of difference between uh, Judge Bain and Judge Sokol uh, for the whole process. And just uh, Tanique makes a great point. People often believe that you know we have the greatest system in the world. And the fact of the matter is that we don't. The reversal of attitude and composure between these two judges clearly reflects that there is a a harsh break between what true justice is and what's being doled out every day in the community.
0: No, absolutely right. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, at some point, uh, when we know and you know the facts that are in place here, as we talked last week, David, a lot of facts we put down, uh, I believe, uh, came to full fruition. Uh, with the sentencing by Judge Bain yesterday, yeah, I think uh, I think Judge Bain, uh, uh, if he actually
3: looked at the details of the case, uh, it was pretty much his words uh, were an indictment, uh, somewhat of an indictment for for the prosecution even bringing this case. Um, uh, you had four men who just went to retrieve property, as important as property rights are in this country, uh, four men went to get property and they were convicted after they called the police uh, to help them with their property and to help them from being attacked or uh, shot with a gun. Uh, Judge Bain, I believe, uh, looked at uh, not only these men, their history, uh, their outreach, uh, steady outreach that they do as a part of their life in the community, and And obviously, it's something's not quite right here, and as a result of it uh uh he ruled and sentenced them accordingly. He couldn't overturn the case he's not he's not the judge to overturn the case, but at least there's some fairness uh with regards to what happened here he He was as fair as he could be given the circumstances of this of this wrongful
0: conviction. No, absolutely right. We're going to get into all of that, uh, David, and to the rest of our listeners across the United States. Uh, The pillars of the community come full circle. This is IGC Radio. We'll be right back.
4: How
5: often does our justice system get it wrong, convicting innocent people of crimes they did not commit? 873 defendants exonerated, nearly half were wrongly convicted of murder, and of that group, 101 were sentenced to death. On average, it took more than 11 years for a conviction to be set aside. Why does the justice system get it wrong? In homicides, the biggest problem is perjury and false accusation, most often by supposed eyewitnesses. False convictions in adult rape cases are primarily based on mistakes by eyewitnesses, while false convictions in child sex abuse cases are often for fabricated crimes that never occurred. 2,000 exonerations may seem small in the nation with more than 2.3 million people behind bars, but there are far more false convictions than the report contains. Most false convictions are never formally challenged, and those convictions that are successfully overturned receive little or no attention from the media, according to the report's authors.
0: For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today, 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future.
6: All right, Tom. Get ready for
7: the day, buddy.
6: Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. We have a gun.
7: What's that? We have a gun. Why do you ask that, kiddo?
6: Can I play with it?
8: No. No, absolutely not. It's not a toy. You know that.
6: You watch? I bet it looks like one.
8: Yeah, well, it's not. Anyway, I need it to protect you, your sister and mom. From what? From bad guys. Like on TV.
6: But what about the eight kids who get shot every day by mistake? Their daddies probably thought they were safe, too. Where'd you hear that? TV.
8: Yeah, well, maybe we don't believe everything we hear on TV.
6: where do you keep it?
8: <laughs> it's hidden.
6: I bet it's on top shelf for the closet under your sweatshirt. Is it loaded? It's not. I, I keep the bullets. And the boots are red pieces and the chest beside the bed? I haven't found them yet, but I'm sure I can you always told me to be curious. Remember when I found my Christmas gift? I'm a good climber, you know.
9: No. No, that's not what I meant. Look, I, I need to be ready
8: if someone breaks in.
6: So what about when it's just me and Mom? You taught me to be brave. I can use a gun to protect her.
8: No, Justin, I promise. I'll teach you how to handle a gun when you're old enough.
6: And what if I don't make it to old enough? I could get bullied and decide it's too much for me. It would be so easy with our gun.
8: Our gun? No, buddy. My gun.
6: But it is our gun. In our home. Happens all the time.
10: I'll make sure that doesn't happen.
4: I'm always here for you.
6: But Dad, you're not always here.
4: we the temperatures. We should reach our
0: level 5, about 82 degrees by this afternoon. Clear skies tonight, we're low near 7.
11: I can solve difficult problems for a
10: Fortune
9: 500 company.
12: I can run a successful business.
10: I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience.
12: I can put my military
13: experience to work for your company. I can teach your children.
7: I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee.
1: But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm
12: not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talent and ability.
2: If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone.
12: If you don't
13: realize that America works best when everybody works.
2: What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it worked.
12: It's what people can do. It's
2: what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at
11: whatcanyoudocampaign.org.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we are announcing breaking news in the Colorado case regarding four pillars. And that name has been given to the, uh, to these guys and these gentlemen who were really done wrong in the criminal justice system. Uh, again, I, I take justice system off in the system uh, and the things that took place there. Uh, however, Judge Bain, uh, you know, passed the county court uh here in colorado springs uh sent a statement yesterday in regards to these four men uh in which i was present uh uh, at the courtroom for this sentencing uh it was unusual uh given how things normally progress out after a conviction uh we give our sincere gratitude if you will uh, to Judge Bain, who did not do anything out of the ordinary other than to do what he should do as far as his conscience, uh, his heart. Uh, it was one simply do this and do that. It was a judge that sat on that bench listening intently to the four men who he categorized and named the pillars, four pillars in the community. If you know anything about a pillar – It is a support. It is a strength strength hold, if you will, that supports an existing situation. In this case, it supports the community. Because of the outreach given uh, and done by these four gentlemen, on a consistent basis, Judge Bain made it clear that he was not going to sentence these gentlemen to community service because his words, I will not sentence you to community service when this is what you do in your free time uh he stated that the work and the outreach done by these four gentlemen uh, in cooperation with colorado springs fellowship church was amazing uh we use the we actually uh, tell you the judge's language as the gazette telegraph did as well um, in regards to those uh, proceedings yesterday um, it is something that we believe, and in the near future, we will be bringing those four gentlemen in studio uh, to tell their story, uh, what the process was like, what they went through, and standing in the midst of adversity and lies and beyond comprehension by Anisha and Nick Gaynor, who asked for so many things. The judge granted nothing in which they asked, how important it is it is it Uh, Dave Zappolo, that such a strong statement can be sent from from a judge from the bench.
14: This, This is huge. I mean, this is such a strong statement. And you finally have, we're able to talk about a good judge, somebody that was fair, that looked at what was going on, looked at the people that he was getting ready to sentence, and rather than just throw them away, turned around and gave something that he could say is fair. And you look at that and you see a situation where many other judges would have said, well, these are criminals. We're putting them away for four to ten years. And you, we've seen that. We've seen judges that don't look at who the defendant is, don't look at what the perceived crime was, and just throw the book at people. And when you have a judge that looks and says, I have to sentence, well, this is what I'm going to do. That, that's the that's just a tremendous outcome
0: no absolutely right the, the sentence actually came down to unsupervised probation for one year uh, that means just keep doing what you're doing which these men are men of integrity that's not a challenge the judge saw something that he knew these men would not be back in his court uh, again uh, in regards to this case uh that speaks volumes and being in the System uh, as I was at some point, um, wrongfully that is,
2: uh, what I saw yesterday was overwhelming in a good way. Samson, uh, yeah, just to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, you say, the, I remember the, the judge saying, I don't see people like you in my courtroom ever. He went on further to say that he wasn't going to assign community service. He's like, because that's what these gentlemen do with their free time, anyways. These, I mean, the, the fact that he spoke to their character, he spoke to their integrity, and everything that, that that demonstrates who these people really are versus how they were vilified during the trial. I mean, again, it goes to speak volumes about Judge Bain and the fact that these men. I, got, I mean, he 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 had to impose a sentence, so he put on them the very minimum that he had to do.
0: And we do have one of the gentlemen in the studio with us. He's a host on this show, uh, William Williams. Uh okay, course, we shared that yesterday. Together in that moment, talk to our listeners of exactly what that was like, Uh, and again, your your uh, uh, statement uh, that you gave to the court uh, seemed to affect the judge in a good way. Well, you know, it was you
15: know for all of us, it was uh, we never went through anything like this, and so you know, I was I was basically I had an opportunity to speak, you know, speak for myself and speak for my brothers that we you know we were going through this together. And I told him, I said, you know, for the first time in my life, I said, you know, here I was. We, we coordinated and worked and, and, and with the police officers. We called the police officers. I went through the whole thing. I said, we cooperate. I said, and then all of a sudden, you know, for one phone call to happen and and you, you basically take my statement, I, I give you a truthful statement of what happened. And then for the next the next time, you know, a couple weeks later, find out there's a warrant for my arrest. Okay, we surrendered ourselves. We went to the went to the jail, you know. But for the first time in my life, I told him. I said, "Here I was in handcuffs. Here I was stripped down. Here I was in orange. Here I was, you know, t- having photos taken of me for the first time in my life." I said, and everybody, I, and I just let it roll because I, it's. It, you realize that this judge, he was sitting there, listening to us so intently. He was looking at me in my in my eyes, and I could, and he was. He was literally absorbing, you know, what, what we were saying, we were sharing with him as compared to, you know, um, the other judge who basically had to recuse herself because of what she had done. Her conduct was just, you know, it was incredible. But but to be able to share with him that this this was, it was just a, you know, a horrific
0: situation that it happened. And this was what I believe to be vindication in part. But it's not over yet. The bottom line is there were things done during this trial that were
8: horrendous,
0: that were so egregious. I would be shocked to see anything other than a reversal of conviction come back from the appellate court. I would be shocked. Uh, There are certain things in an appellate process that you pick and choose here and there what could stick. What may get a reversal, there's so much here. Um, down to the jury, down to the painting of the jury, down to the stress of the jury by the actions of a juror. Uh, and the words used by one of the jurors, it freaked us all out. The state of mind of the jury at that point was compromised. It, was, it would have been the position of Judge Sokol, Aaron Sokol will recuse herself from this case to say we cannot proceed uh, with this jury. She failed to do so. That is one of many, many issues the appellate process has started, and uh, we continue to go forward uh, with all that has happened. Uh, but yesterday was an eye-opener to, to the system. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're coming back with Nisi Jenkins, She's the wife of Eric Jenkins that uh, she'd been through a lot through this process, but she was aware of the good news we're talking about tonight that affects her husband in a great way. We're going to deal with that on the other side of the break. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
8: Almost every day in the news, we hear stories about innocent people who are returning home after spending years in prison for crimes they did not commit. What you may not know is that their problems don't end once the limelight fades. For many wrongfully convicted individuals, don't receive a penny for the injustice that they faced. Take the case of Floyd Bledsoe. He spent 16 years in the Kansas prison for murder and rape he did not commit. And while Floyd was eventually exonerated, he lost everything. family, his farm, and decades worth of income. Unfortunately, Floyd's story is not unique. Kansas, along with 17 other states, doesn't have a law to compensate wrongfully convicted individuals for the injustices they've suffered. And in states with compensation laws, many of those are woefully inadequate. We owe it to all the men and women in all 50 states to provide fair compensation to those who've suffered these injustices. Join me in urging our lawmakers to do the right thing by the wrongfully convicted. Go to innocenceproject.org to find out how you can help.
12: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
4: The
9: United States of America incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. In fact. The U.S. hosts more prison inmates than all other developed nations combined. As of 2010, the world population was over 6.8 billion people, with an estimated 9.8 million in jail. This figure, compiled by the International Center for Prison Studies, refers both to individuals held in jail awaiting trial and inmates serving time after sentencing. So there are 9.8 million human beings on planet Earth living inside of cages that we know of. In 2010, the U.S. was home to about 309 million people, 4.5% of the world's total population, but housed 23% of the world's prisoners. So take a moment to think about what this means. It means we imprison more people than enormous autocratic countries like China. We imprison more people than Russia. Compared to the size of our population, our rate of imprisonment dwarfs our closest allies, like the United Kingdom, France, and Canada. As of 2010, there were over 1.6 million million post-trial inmates serving sentences in America's state and federal facilities. This number does not include those being detained pre-trial or those on probation. The most unique feature of incarceration in America is the large and active role of our federal government. In most countries, crime is reacted to at the local or regional level, whereas the American government finances and legislates a significant portion of law enforcement at the national level. State governments still do their fair share of incarceration, though. California and Texas incarcerate more than other states, with over 171,000 inmates each. Florida is a close third, with over 103,000 prisoners. But no single state locks up more people than the federal government, with over 208,000 inmates. Perhaps the nickname Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, should be updated. So I suppose you need to be brave to endure the highest likelihood of incarceration the world has ever known. Prisons are not what we think about when we think of America and they shouldn't have to be. A free nation shouldn't imprison so many people and a fiscally responsible nation can't afford to. With close to $40 billion a year in state correctional spending, the financial costs are obvious and staggering alone. But the human costs are often underappreciated. 1.6 million fathers and mothers brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of American families are incarcerated. It's time for people to realize that the criminal justice system in America is desperately in need of reform.
11: I wanted to be in the military since I was was a kid.
10: I served in the United States Air Force.
13: I served a total of 16 years.
10: I was deployed uh, 13 times. On my second deployment, four bombs hit my
11: vehicle. And at 19 years old, that's the first time I ever saw somebody die.
16: Coming back, I was raging.
10: I started having pretty horrible nightmares. I would wake up in the middle of the night, sweats. I started drinking a lot. I felt worthless.
13: I guess I never recognized it in myself.
11: Eventually, one day, I just walked into the VA hospital and said I'd like to see somebody.
7: Don't suffer alone. you got to find that link with somebody that'll make you let it
11: go. It all starts with going to the VA. There's a whole community of veterans that just want to help you out. It's for the guys who could not come back, so you owe it to them to live well.
17: Because they're not here with their families.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, where we, without question, bring the message of justice all around the world. Today, we are uh, reporting breaking news in the Colorado case regarding regarding four defendants uh, who have now been given the name of the four pillars of our community by Chief Judge Bain in sentencing yesterday these men to one year unsupervised probation. And for those of you that may not be aware of the system and how things work,
4: uh,
0: these men could have been facing 4 to 12 years for these false charges. Judge Bain made the statement yesterday. He said, I am glad that I have an opportunity to get to know who you are. All I know you as is someone that's on paper uh, because of the reading of the transcript. But he said today, To learn a little more about you as individuals, I am glad that I have done that. Uh, Judge Bain would qualify as one of those judges that we don't see often on a day-to-day basis within the system. Uh, What he meted out, I believe, given the circumstances and the fact that the conviction had already happened, he gave the bare minimum. I believe, because he knew and came to the point of knowing something, But he ever said it, something doesn't ring here. There is something going on here. And use the terminology that some of these issues will be tackled by the appellate court, which now that process has started. David, your thoughts?
3: Well, I think it's, it's a rare situation when you see a judge that's really consider it and considers the facts, the circumstances, and, act- and the actual human costs of what's going on. Uh, the the U.S. system uh, that that promotes uh, falsely promotes Their justice system is nothing more than a conviction meal and that's a t- typically the way it works you just uh get on the conveyor belt they just put you on the conveyor belt all the way to prison uh with no consideration of really con- considering the facts and that it's it's a sad commentary that to find a judge that is considerate in his in in, in his evaluation of defendants of evidence of actual facts, um, it's a rare thing, and that's a
0: sad commentary in the system. Let let me explain, and Clint, excuse me, I'm going to come to you here in a moment. Let me explain the definition. This is Google. What Google says a pillar of the community is, listen to this very carefully. If you describe someone as a pillar, excuse me, of society or as a pillar of the community, you approve of them because they play an important and active part in society or in the community. How, how, how does that come out that way? Judge Bain said these are pillars. These are supporters. They play an active role in this community. They're known as a supporter, a leader, a rock. This is what Judge Bain said that Willie P., Eric Jenkins, Matthew Brown, and William Williams are, prior to sentencing. The statement by the Gazette Telegraph in the story they wrote, the title of the article in the Gazette, Four Pillars of the Community Sentenced to Probation for Burglary and Other Charges that were, of course, unfounded. The magnitude of this cannot be under, uh, understated.
19: Kendrick. And I'm just glad, too, because most judges at this time like to cop out with the guidelines. And that lets you know that you know the guidelines aren't the law. They have an opportunity to see with their own eyes, just like everyone else is, that this was a wrongful conviction. And first off, you really can't say it was wrong, but There was no crime here. This is just – this is a waste of taxpayers' money. It's a waste of everyone's time to have people come in saying that they came to get their own stuff. That's just ridiculous.
0: But again, what I'm stuck on right now is Judge Bain. And then when you read the definition of pillar, those don't usually come with anybody that's been convicted of a crime unless there is high questions. Unless there are flags all over the place, something went wrong. That's the bottom line. We have a caller uh, coming in. I believe it's Willie P., one of the pillars. Uh, Mr. P., how are you? You with us? Can you can you hear me? I can hear you now. Uh, I, yes. I would like to call you Mr. P., but Judge Bain says if he goes beyond that, and that is pillar B. Uh talk to us about what happened yesterday.
20: Oh, I thank you for having me on the show. Um yes, remind, it was uh it was very very rewarding uh that we got an opportunity to talk uh and speak to um to the judge and to the court according to, you know, where we stood. And as a as a as a group, uh when I say group, I mean my brothers that that was, you know, involved with me here, we didn't do anything. We were completely innocent. And we expressed that to the to the to the judge. And he was like William said, I was listening to the show. He, hey, he was intently listening to what we had to say. We talk about our integrity, we talk about how we reached out to the community. We talk about how we support Families, such as this family, that accuse us of all these wrong things. And the judge saw the injustice within himself and ruled accordingly, which I thought was really not a sentence. We have unsupervised probation, we can come and go as we please. And I feel that we basically, although it's not over, we won. And everything that these indiv- I'm
0: sorry, go for No, go
4: ahead.
20: Uh everything that these in- individuals thought they were gonna get out of us, the judge
4: shot it down. Absolutely right.
20: This was not a crime. To me he basically said in the court this was not a crime. That's well, how I took it.
0: And and, and Mr. P look the bondsman Uh, who's a friend of mine, uh, and everybody knows who Mr. Blackwell is here locally, Uh, when we went down there to place bond, uh, to to get bond for for these four gentlemen, he said to me, he said, Lamont, I can tell you right now, in the years, and we're talking 30 to 40 years, if not longer, this man has been a, a bondsman. He said, these are good men from the first time they step in his office. These are good men. These are not credibles. Those were his words to me. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't take a genius. There is something about the character of people when you meet them, when you see them, when you hear them, you know that you know something is wrong here. It's the same way in the penitentiary. You go to prison. There are people there you know that should never be there. There's a look. There's an aura, is what people call it. It's not who these people are. Why are you here? The RP5 were those people as well. These four men, pillars, are also the case here. Um, So to P's point, P, I think yesterday was overwhelming but refreshing would you agree with that
20: i very much agree with that because you know we were uh villainized and you know we were looked at as criminals and i think one of the gentlemen said you know we were looked at as thugs and once the the judge heard us speak and express ourselves and how we are so caring about you know what's going on in our community and how we reach out to people through our loving kindness uh, program that our that I, our pastor put in place. It's overwhelming, and I believe he saw that in the court yesterday. And it's it's rewarding. Um, I think one of uh, I think it was Dave Capolo said, you know, to see a judge uh, to basically come quote unquote try a defense and say these guys are not what the convictions say they are. And I really, really am pleased. I am really uh, uh, feel good about the uh, decision.
0: Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your evening uh, tonight to call us. And we appreciate what you've contributed to this show. We appreciate it, P. Uh Wish you well. Right, and that's uh, yet to come. That's our thoughts. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Demetrius.
3: You know, Lamont, you had mentioned uh, the flags. Uh
15: and we always keep saying a judge being a referee, and it sounds to me I wasn't there, but just to hear the excitement and uh, the the jubilation from the brothers that were there in the courtroom to say this is what a judge a referee is supposed to do. There was obviously an egregious error, an egregious error in the first part of this trial, and the 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 judge. Judge Bain tried to, and he did that in his ruling. That's what you can appreciate. You should use the word refreshing. That's what I felt when I got the text that uh, this win, as P, uh, Willie P had just mentioned, I I felt a sense of relief. Refreshing was the d-
0: understatement of the year, so I'm glad about that. No, that, that's something that's important, um, and it's something that, uh, that needs to be uh, definitely considered. Uh, Dennis, your thoughts on this? Uh, hearing what you've heard thus far, uh, your thoughts on what this judge did? I I felt it was very awesome. Uh, First of all, I've I've lost all trust in the justice system and to hear a judge come out for the guys and then to actually listen to what they had to say uh, concerning and
15: and actually letting the judge know who they really were. it It was amazing, and it made me feel real good you know, to say, "Wow!" So we do have judges out there
3: that really care,
15: that that look, that listen to these guys, and said, "You know what? It looks like there's something wrong here." So to me, it was just awesome. It was it was really jubilating. I was just so happy to hear that the guys were able to speak
0: and, and say what they wanted. To, you know, let let the judge know really who they were. Uh, we appreciate that, Dennis. And, and that's those are true words uh, when it comes to this uh it's something that's necessary. I believe we got Matt on the line. He's one of the other uh, pillars uh categorized by Judge Bain. Matt, are you with us?
7: Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: here. All right, Matt, we were again there yesterday, uh Judge Bain's court for sentencing. Uh your thoughts on what you felt as the events unfolded yesterday in that courtroom.
7: Um I guess the best way I could put it like after the fact was relief. You know, because um, as uh, Willie had said, you know, it was an opportunity for us to, you know, get seen for who we really were. Because leading up to that point, you know, everything that was said about us in the media, social media, throughout the trial, it just tried to make us look like these horrible people that were predators. Like we were out praying on the weak. Taking advantage of people, beating people up, you know all of these horrible things, and we had to sit there quiet and listen to it for a week, you know, and then you see everything everybody's saying on social media about how terrible these guys are and what how horrible it was what they did, you know so it was it was it was nice to be able to tell our side of the story, which we didn't have the opportunity to do. And besides that, to have a judge that actually took the time to listen. He wasn't distracted with other things. He looked us in the face and listened to every word we had to say You tell he was listening intently. And um, one thing I had told him, you know, the whole process just had me, you know, heartbroken that, you know, you have these guys, we've dedicated our lives to try to make the community that we live in better. And our reward for our commitment and dedication to the community is we're villains, we're thugs, we're crooks.
4: So it was nice for him to hear our
7: our take on it, you know, and see that. You know, these guys aren't what they say they are. They really are committed to their community. They really are dedicated to helping improve the lives of people around them, which that was all our opinions were the entire time. It never changed. No, oh, absolutely right. And met- the you know, just yes. to to have that outcome, it was – you know, like people say, it felt like a ton of bricks were lifted off of you. You know, Cause not, you're not only not carrying it for yourself, but you're in this with your brothers. You're carrying, you feel what they feel. You feel, you know, your own burden and theirs as well. So it
4: was a tremendous relief. That's no,
0: absolutely, no, absolutely right. And I heard you make the statement. I'm getting ready to play this video uh, one more time of you presenting Nick Gaynor uh, with the car. Uh no cost to him. A act of kindness. No. Uh but I remember you made a statement to the judge yesterday. You said you considered Nick Gaynor a friend, a brother. Absolutely. Someone that you cared about. I want our listeners to hear this this clip again. Give us a moment.
4: Hey, um go ahead and Get this. What?
7: Yeah, that's you. Get out of
4: here, man. I'm for real. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> Get out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that's you. Oh, man, all right. Yeah, matter of
7: fact. Where all the keys at? Yeah, I got another set of keys. Yeah, that's you, man. Get out of here, man. Yeah, that's why I didn't need no help driving. I just wanted you to take it home. Really? Yeah, that's you. This
4: ain't no, no video game. This for real. For real, bro. Yeah.
7: Man, they fucking go up, uh, bro. Get out of here, bro.
4: Yeah, bro.
7: Man. But it ain't me, though, man. This Miss Rose, bro. This Miss Rose, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Thanks so much. So
12: that's you. So, I mean, because I know
7: you was just whipping and you didn't really pay no attention to it. But, I mean, you know... Four door, you know, same for the fam in there. Yes. you get like 40 miles to the gallon. You got the six foot kid going in now. Bro. Uh-huh. oh
4: man,
7: yeah, that's you. All right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. Man, that's a blessing, bro. Come on, drive right here. Right. <laughs> right, hey, dude. I'm telling you, yeah.
7: I mean, y'all need it, you know what I'm saying? And it ain't like, and whatever issues you might run into with it, let me know. I got you. I fix it. You know what I'm saying? We just put fresh, fresh tires on there. Um, uh, a little motor mount joint. So it's like with with the window. I was going to get that part today. It was the wrong part, so I'm going to get that squared away for you. But other than that, it's right. They don't need nothing. You got um, where we just come from, free oil change, and the next one is half off. So all you got to do is put insurance on it. That's it. Everything else is good. All
4: right, man. Yeah. I got to get on the phone. <laughs> man.
12: And there you
0: have it. Um What do you say? Yeah, something was like, seen um, yesterday. Something was seen yesterday by this judge. We don't see justice often. Judge Bain Court rendered some justice yesterday to these four guys. Matt, congratulations to you. Uh, yes. And for that moment, I'll never forget oh, an act man. of kindness. So- uh, I'll tell you, good is worth doing. You can't foresee the other side of what happens when you do good to people. But at the end of the day, in this case, without question, justice will prevail. This is I just yeah, radio. It always, back, it always comes I'm back sorry, Matthew. Us. Yes, go ahead. Thank you for calling in. It always comes back around. Yeah, always comes. Uh, we're coming back here on agency radio. Nisi Jenkins at the mic. She's going to give her thoughts of what's going on here today. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
20: Over a million people are sitting in the prisons of America for nonviolent offenses. That's why I'm asking you to join the American Civil Liberties Union and help us in the fight to end mass incarceration We spend over $80 billion a year incarcerating people. Alternatives to prison, like community service, drug treatment, and rehabilitation, costs less and can turn lives around. It's time for fear justice. It's time.
17: Help. Look, right now, uh, while you're looking at this on your screen in your hand or on your computer, there's somebody just like you who's sitting in a prison cell. And they didn't do much more than you did, you know, some crazy weekend. You didn't get caught, they got caught and they can never get uncaught. The United States of America is now the number one incarcerator of human beings in the world, in the history of the world. Uh, We have about 5% of the world's population. We have 25% of the world's prisoners. Um, We are, we have more people locked up than China, China who has a billion people, they got fewer prisoners than we do. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Really? Have, have you ever committed a crime? You got people who are doing more drugs in, on college campuses, in uh, uh, yacht clubs, country clubs. We all know that's going on, but the SWAT team never shows up there. The SWAT team shows up in housing projects where you got poorer people doing fewer drugs, and those people go to prison. But think about it. What if one of the times when you were breaking the law, when you had something illegal in your pocket, in your car, at your party, the police had kicked in those doors, would you want to be known for the rest of your life based on what happened that night? That is what is happening to millions of people. If rich folks' kids get in trouble, they go to rehab. Poor folks' kids get in trouble, they go to prison. And you spend $100,000 per year per kid to lock a kid up, when you could have spent a fraction of that and turned them into a NASA scientist, turned them into a a fashion icon. When people come home from prison, they're not given the opportunity to start over. You leave a physical prison and you go into a social prison where you can't get a job, you can't get a student loan, you can't rent an apartment. How are people supposed to start over? And what happens to neighborhoods when you take a disproportionate number of people out? for minor offenses, and you send them back home with no hope and no opportunity. There are no more excuses to have this horrible system continue when there is now finally bipartisan agreement. That it is a tragedy to do this. Not only do you have President Obama and the Democrats, you now actually have people like Paul Ryan coke industries newt gingrich all saying the same thing we are locking up too many people we're wasting too much money we're we're wasting too much genius in america and it's time to do something
13: here are 50 white guys
17: here are 50
4: black
13: guys here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime the chances amount to one out of 17. now here's how many black guys can expect the same thing The chances are one out of three. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated, but one thing is clear. There's racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of American drug users are Black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet Blacks are 34% of the people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes, 46% are Black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more Black drug offenders than white ones in state prisons and in federal prisons. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is 10 times higher for Blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparity in America's war on drugs is one big reason that
16: one out of three black men
13: can expect to go to prison in their lifetime.
19: Please, have a seat. I'll be
11: honest. resume... Not want i I know. Okay, so, what would you bring to my company? What do you need? I need a hard worker.
12: Good. I've got two part-time jobs, and I help my parents pay the bills. Any
11: problem solving skills?
12: I got through high school without a car, a phone, or a computer.
0: No college degree, though.
12: Not yet. But life's taught me a lot, and I'm ready for more.
11: Well, you're not the typical kind of candidate that I hire. But you are exactly what I'm looking for. (laughs) Your company could be missing out on the candidates it needs most.
10: Learn how to find, cultivate, and train a great pool of untapped talent at gradsoflife.org.
0: Let me tell you who to blame.
3: Blame the boy lying at your feet his body oozing life through the hole in his stomach where the bullet tore him apart. Blame him for challenging you, for not looking away and for not backing down when you pulled out the gun. Blame your mother for bringing you into this world when she was but a kid herself and for dragging you up, not bringing you up. Blame society for not giving you hope. Blame your father for not being there, the man who looked after himself instead of looking after you. Blame the gun in your hand for making you a target, for making you more likely to be picked off. Blame the dead boy. Blame your mother. Blame society. Blame your father. Blame the gun. Blame anyone but yourself for not being strong enough to put down the gun to break the cycle.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight, as, if you will, we are talking about pillars, not from our vocabulary that we come up with this word, but the voice of Chief Judge Bain yesterday in court at the sentencing of these four pillars, that telegraph titled the story, Four Pillars of the Community Sentenced to Probation. For burglary, other, and other charges that we know were unfounded, and we explained what pillars are. They are a support system within a community and necessary for the success of good things happening in that community, and the judge felt necessary to name these uh, gentlemen uh, pillars of the community. It comes from the from the mouth of Judge Bain and uh, we're going to deal with that uh, even further in this conversation to uh, Nick you found something uh, important that you wanted to share go ahead
1: um, I just read something online that said empathy is important in court and so I looked up what's the definition of empathy and it says the ability to understand and share the feelings of another and I believe this judge had empathy um, because he listened to the guys And he understood where they're coming from. And they said that in a courtroom, uh, the difference uh, between or says empathy can be the difference between doing justice and just going through the motions. And so many judges just go to go through the motions. They're not concerned. And so I just wanted to point out that this judge sounded like he had empathy for them. And I think we'd have a very different justice system if we had more judges um, that did what he did.
0: Well, explains again why he's a chief judge. Uh, This is experience, um, but experience with um, doing the right thing. Uh, David, you had a point you wanted to make uh, regarding the the celebration, the happiness we're hearing from these men uh, known as the pillars. Explain what you explained to us, why that happiness is there. Well, uh, the view of the justice system uh, has become so dark.
3: It's almost... Now these men still have a felony conviction on their record right now, uh, as it stands, obviously things are in the court of appeals, but with the felony conviction, they are celebrating just this little bright light that you rarely see in the justice system of a judge, as Soneek said, showing some empathy. I lost eight years of my life, uh, to Judge Arguello, you talking about she is the uh, just the anti-antithetical to, to anything empathy. Uh, we had five defendants, it was, it was shocking. She could have pressed play, she could have recorded herself. That she sounded like a, a, a recording going through each of our, our things during sentencing. She said the exact same thing. She didn't do one thing different. She didn't listen to anybody. It's, and it's, again, it's a sad commentary that our justice system is viewed in such a dark light that we are, that uh, in light of a felony conviction, guys are celebrating a sentencing hearing and empathy from a judge. That is absolutely sad and shows you uh, just how, how uh,
0: dark our justice system is viewed without question and Clint your thoughts before we go to Ms. Jenkins yeah uh, I want to piggyback
11: right on what David is talking about you know just looking at the system as a whole the judge is boxed in even with his empathy his understanding his experience and the words that he said the public would be listening to this and saying why do they still have a felony?" I mean, if there are pillars in the community can he just throw it out but he doesn't have the authority in the system as it stands so just looking at the the the, the so-called justice system the public should be saying why do we have it like this why is it like this why can't he just dismiss why can't it just go away you know and it just doesn't make much sense but we certainly appreciate the positive outcome and we'll the cel- celebratory you know nature of of uh you know pillars of the community and and uh the the light uh
0: probation and so
11: forth we certainly appreciate that
0: no absolutely right and uh again within the perimeter in which he could operate, judge Chief Chief Bain, he gave the minimum that in a, that in itself speaks huge volumes uh we we're going to have Mr Mr. Jenkins calling Eric Jenkins one of the other pillars uh namely that the judge referenced yesterday uh he is uh, preoccupied at the moment, uh, but we are privileged and honored to have his wife, uh, Nisi Jenkins, uh, in studio with us. How are you doing this evening?
21: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on.
0: Okay, we're glad you're here. And I want to ask you: uh, Yesterday was a was a huge day. Yes. Yeah. And tell us your thoughts of how what Judge Bain did yesterday has you feeling right now.
21: It's a release. Of- relief to know that they're not going to be sentenced you know it's a prison they addressed that in the beginning but just to hear it come out of a judge's mouth that they're only getting the probation it's a relief to have that
0: and unsupervised you miss jenkins as you know is is uh you just simply you're not accountable to any person but you're accountable to yourself right well these men are going to continue living as they always have there are no issues yes um, and we're, we're very, very, very thrilled uh, to hear that. I know ongoing at the beginning when this stuff happened, prior to Judge Maine coming on, uh, prior to the recusal of Judge Sokol Stokel, uh, this was a difficult situation. Very. Tell us a little bit about that.
21: So when it first started, it was I was in disbelief that someone could even do this with someone that helped them, that reached out to them. And you turn around and stab them in the back like we were— we were associates at one point, and to think that now that everything is said and done, you're just going to lie and make up a story that they came in and basically and robbed you of our belongings.
0: Which was, they still have. Yes. Uh, and for the record, uh, there's been a judgment entered against the gainers uh, for theft of property. It's a civil matter, but judgment has been entered by the court uh, that they are now liable for that $20,000 to be given back to the church. Uh, that that can consist of uh, garnishments, uh, tax refund uh, situations, uh, uh, but judgment was entered in against them. Yes, uh, that speaks volumes uh, to the character of these people, and I believe uh, everything comes out in the wash. And uh, the appellate process uh, again has started to appeal the actions of Judge Sokol and the and the uh, particular individuals of the of the district attorney's office. Uh, that's being dealt with, um, but that I think that falls in the in the lap of the voted in district attorney. Is that right, David? Yes, that's correct. Okay, uh, so that's going on, and and you see really quick. Um, I believe this happened. Well, what a year ago? Has it been a year or two years?
4: Almost two, two years. years.
0: Um, and the uncertainty, Miss Jenkins, of you know what you're going to do. The the husband being laid off he's a he's a veteran is is that correct
21: yes and he was the breadwinner of the household
0: okay so that how did that how did that really mess with you guys quite a bit i presume
21: yes not knowing what day to day was going to look like you know month to month like are we going to have enough for the basic necessities
0: and it's an unnecessary david was talking on break about that how all of this was unnecessary had detective carrado done his job and so for what these folks have endured what they have gone through um this is a very sad situation which again i believe judge bain he, he mentioned that yesterday that the he said he felt no need to punish further what these pillars had already gone through um again it's a shame as david alluded to that uh uh This is a point that, wow, look what happened in sentencing when it should be commonplace. It's not. Well, this is another point to be made. I wouldn't be surprised
3: if Judge Bain, for just doing his job and being uh, considerate uh, and showing empathy, will be somehow criticized by those in the system, even by the police. Uh, And that's the sad reality, I said about the, the this this so-called criminal justice system. You do the you actually do your job and do justice, and you are considered uh, an outsider, and many times you're ostracized. So I, it wouldn't shock me at all if Judge Bain is already being criticized by people within the justice system uh, because. You didn't hold the party line. Uh, you didn't hold the crony line, and just uh, bring the hammer down on these men. And and it's it's like I said it is a sad, sad commentary because we've seen it uh, over and over again, where a judge actually does something and he's criticized by police, the prosecution, everybody else. Uh,
0: it, it's it's tragic. Judge Sarakin went through actually something similar. No, absolutely right. Uh, uh, but I think Judge Bain stands on his own merit as an individual, as a judge, a chief judge, uh, that I would be it'd be hard-pressed, and to, the, to David's point, to, to be criticized. Uh, the crit, criticism comes on both sides of the ball. And I'll tell you what, uh, Judge Bain, it seems to be comfortable in what he did. Uh, and there are certain things, we went into this with Judge Serekin. He felt what he did during his career when we highlighted him on this show was far more important than anything uh, that he could have possibly heard, ultimately fighting uh, with everything he had for the RFP-5, and that's important Dave. But well, when you look at judges, the average judge out there
14: is about handing out long sentences. If you remember, I think it was sometime last year, we talked about a judge that had a plaque Of the total number of years he had given out during his career, and it was a record number of years across all judicial districts. And you're celebrating the fact that you've handed out – I don't even remember what it was, whether it was 300,000 or 400,000 total years um, in sentencing – that's outrageous to be able to do something like that when you should be celebrating the fact that you're helping people that may have committed a crime getting
3: back into society. Hey, it's worse than that, because there were judges in Texas that were competing to get a million years in sentencing. Oh. That had been on the bench a long time uh, to see who could get to a
0: million and who could get a million years of sentencing. And you're doing this with the lives of individuals which means there are people uh, that would suffer the consequence of that. Uh, That's fattening in a very, very big way. Uh, Mrs. Jenkins, did you have anything else you wanted to add? If you you have families out there or wives out there that are failing, and they are, uh, that are fighting for justice for their husbands, we get letters every day. We get phone calls every day. We get emails every day saying, will you please help us? Um, what would you say to those wives out there dealing with this? How, how, how do they get the courage to keep going?
21: To support your husband, stand behind them because we don't know the outcome. The outcome is not always what we got, but all we can do is stand behind them until sentencing comes.
0: Well, absolutely right. And, uh, Ms. Diggins, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, very special thanks to you for taking time. I know those things are difficult uh, to deal with. This is HSU Radio. Tonight, the breaking news. Uh, The four pillars in a community fighting for justice, the words of Judge Bain, uh, the new names of these four, Willie P., Matthew Brown, Eric Jenkins, and William Williams, pillars of this community. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
11: Meeting a teen girl online is actually pretty easy you can go into any chat room and just start talking. Most of the girls are usually so insecure and desperate for attention. Attention
6: from older guys is totally flattering. There's so much more mature and understanding than the guy's mind.
11: Age actually works to my advantage. They like to brag to their friends that they're dating an older guy, so I just play along and pretend I'm really interested.
6: interested in the same things I am. You can talk forever and really get to know someone without worrying about looks or whatever. That's the best thing about chatting.
11: Chatting seems unthreatening to them, so they lower their guard. After a while, I start talking about how we're soulmates and how lucky we are to have found each other. Other
6: people don't understand. I know what I'm doing. If you really care about each other, there's nothing wrong with Meeting, meeting them,
11: them is the goal. Once I get them out of their house, well, that's when things get really interesting.
12: Online predators know what they're doing. Do you? For a kid whose
0: mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today, 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future.
18: Let's just be honest. When we look across the street to the Supreme Court and we see equal justice under law, um, when you have drug laws so severely, disparately enforced against some groups, let's let's take African Americans, for example, there's no difference between black and white marijuana usage or marijuana sales, in fact. But blacks are about 3.7 times more likely to be arrested for it. (laughs) Um, African Americans are more likely to get uh, mandatory minimums. Are more likely, about 13, to get 13% longer sentences, and has created these jagged disparities in, in incarceration. In my state, blacks are about 13-14% of the population. They make up over 60% of the prison population. And remember, the overall majority of people we arrest in America are nonviolent offenders. Now you've got this this disparity in the arrest, but that creates disparities that painfully fall all along the system. When you get arrested uh, for possession with intent to sell, do it in inner city, now you're within a school zone. So now you have to face an even higher mandatory minimum. Now you're 19 years old with a felony conviction, possession, and intent to sell in a school zone. Forget even all that. If you just have a felony conviction for possession, what do you face now? Thousands of collateral consequences that will dog you for the rest of your life. You can't get a Pell Grant. You can't get business licenses. You can't get a job. You're hungry, can't get food stamps. Uh, You need some place to live, you can't even get public housing. And what that does is created within our country concentrated areas where you have massive levels of men being incarcerated. You create a caste system in which people feel like there's no way out. And we're not doing anything as a society like we know we could do because there's tons of pilot programs that show if you help people when they are coming back from a non-violent offense that their recidivism rates go dramatically down. If you don't help them, what happens is left with limited options, many people make a decision to go back into that world of of narcotics sales. Uh, uh, What's more dangerous to society? Someone smoking marijuana in the privacy of their own home or somebody going 30 miles over the speed limit, racing down a road in in a community? What is more dangerous to society? But yet that teenager who makes a mistake for doing things the last three presidents admitted to doing, now they have a felony conviction because it's more likely they're going to get caught. And for the rest of their life, they're 29, 39, 49, 59. They're still paying for a mistake they made as a teenager. Now, that's not the kind of society uh, that I believe in, nor is it fiscally responsible, nor is undermining their productivity, undermining their ability to take care of their family. This is so wrong that those conversations that I'm having with conservatives as well as uh, Democrats uh, are resonating. And so when you have people like Rand Paul standing up and talking about racial disparities in incarceration, this convergence and understanding uh, of fiscal conservatives, of Christian conservatives, of libertarians shows me that this is a time of great hope for our country. And so I'm not going to question people's motives. This is one of those issues like the civil rights movement in the 1960s, which should pull all Americans together to say enough is enough.
6: There's a lot of mud when it rains here, and it makes it really hard to find food. There are car bombs every day. My mom worries about me when I go out. Every time I hear the alarm bell go off in school, I think it's an air raid. Sometimes I have nightmares about it. A lot of houses in our neighborhood have been destroyed. I like to close my ears and sing songs whenever the bombs come close. My dad says we have to leave, which makes me scared. I'm worried our new neighbors won't like us. What if they don't understand our religion? Because they don't speak the language. It might be hard for me to make friends. But I know it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be worth it. I just want my family to be safe. But these are not my words. These are not my words. These are not my words.
0: Judge Bain is his name. You may want to write it down. He's one of the good ones. You may want to write the name of Willie James P. Eric Jenkins, William Williams, and Matthew Brown. You may want to write those names down. You may ask the question, why? Why? Without knowing it, they are four of many of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, and remember this name, Pastor Rose Banks, the foundation layer of kindness in this community. You have a lot of people in this community that would like to put shade on Colorado Springs Fellowship and Pastor Banks and the parishioners there. But I do have news for you. You will not succeed. The fact of the matter is, is that in the last 40 years of Pastor Rose Banks' residing in Colorado Springs, we have seen lives changed. We have seen hearts touched. We have seen christmas is paid for by the colorado springs fellowship church and pastor rose banks we have seen school supplies bought for children that could not afford it we have seen the colorado springs police department and the sheriff's department be fed and appreciated by this church and this pastor we have seen those that work in the housekeeping industry, those that drive cabs, the forgotten of our society in many cases, but not by Pastor Rose and Colorado Springs Fellowship. A kindness was given to them. To the abused women of domestic violence, programs were set up at the behest of Pastor Rose Banks in Colorado Springs Fellowship Church and in this case of the four pillars of our community a family's life was changed in a very good way so bad comes with good the difference here the good will remain the kindness will remain And four of many pillars in this community, Colorado Springs Fellowship will continue. As was told to Judge Bang yesterday by William Williams, it will not stop, based upon the conduct of the gainers. Uh, It is something we learn from, something we grow from. Uh, It is critically important that we continue to inform the public, inform people across the nation that. It is worth doing good in spite of. Uh, and color Sings Fellowship and Pastor Rosebanks will continue to do so. Um, David, you had a direction you wanted to go here now, uh, since we've heard from the four outside of Mr. Jenkins, but his wife standing in proxy for him uh, tonight. Your thoughts?
3: Well, um, again, uh, me and uh, the other IRP five, we lost, six to eight years of our life on a judge that is the polar opposite of Judge Bain. No empathy whatsoever. Evil does not sleep in that courtroom. It's awake at all times. And we went through a sentencing. So when you start to compare and contrast, uh again, another wrongful conviction. Uh two different judges and uh, the contrast couldn't be more stark Uh, we walked into the courtroom Judge Arguello literally read everything from a sheet of paper and read the exact same words to each defendant she was condescending she had racially uh Charge statements when uh dealing with our white defendant Dave Zapolo if he hadn't got involved with these guys he wouldn't be here right now or the rest of the guys are black so there's just nothing that that can be said and and the stuff she did uh disappearing transcripts transcript disappeared she was she was feckless she wouldn't take any any accountability for actions uh there was just I'm telling you, this is what you're accustomed to seeing in the justice system are people like Judge Arguello, not Judge Bain, not Judge H. Lee Sarakin. These are the type of judges and we can we could and like I said, uh, we're gonna be hitting on this in the in the shows to come, but when I tell you when you when you hear uh the story of uh the pillars versus uh the contrast Uh, We will compare and contrast uh, starting next week. We'll start to unpack some of this stuff, and you will see – it's almost unspeakable. I don't even know what to say. It was so bad. uh, The judge comported herself in such an evil manner until it's just – it's just uncomprehendable. So that's why we we, – I'm sitting here celebrating Judge Bain for doing his job. I'm, I'm reminded of Judge Sarakin. Every time uh, uh, he went to bat for us, uh, wrote Obama a letter and, and and talked about our wrongful conviction. And every time we tried to give him, show him honor and show him praise, he says, that's, I really don't want to. It. I'm a judge. That's just my job. Well, I wish other judges thought like him and thought like Judge Bain. But the reality is, um, in a conviction mill type system, you just put on the conveyor belt. Uh whatever the prosecution says goes and and you're by all accounts p- treated like a you're treated like a piece of garbage in a courtroom and that's that's just reality. I'm just really grateful and man, it's refreshing to see a judge actually Care, do something and show some empathy. It's unbelievable. There's a problem
14: Well, when you look at the contrast of how it was for us, when you hear that these men went in for sentencing, you just think back to when we were there, and you you're automatically thinking the worst because that's what happened with us. So when you hear how great this turned out for a sentencing hearing, there's It it gives you hope, again, for the system, that there are good people out there, that there are people that care about the person. There are judges out there that care about the person that's standing in front of them because there are very few cases in your life where where you know that within minutes your life is going to completely change or could be over. And people that have stood in front of a
0: judge waiting for sentencing that's their experience. And is, uh give us your thoughts on Nacy's position. Um, for our women listeners out there also, put yourself in their shoes. Uh, how big was this yesterday? Huge.
1: Um, again, uh, like many have said, they're celebrating something that should be a judge's job, what David said. So it's sad that Things that should be normal. Uh, what am I trying to say? Things that should be. Um, I'm sorry, I lost
0: my train of thought. No, no. Things thought. that should be normal is empathy, Right is caring. Well, you said Judge Bain is is an, Judge, he's an anomaly, correct? And because is, is that I believe that's where you were yeah, going. I'm sorry, no, you're fine. the The, the point is is uh, that tells you how far off course the country is. The system is that far off to the point. Go ahead, Taneke.
1: And I was, uh, while the show was going on, I was reading this article about a judge. And he was saying that he has sentenced over like 2,000 individuals. And he was saying that uh, judges think of themselves as God. And he said, that's not who we are. He said he often, when he gets in his, by himself, he says, like, why was I tasked to do this? Am I the right person? This Mm. is what he goes through before he sentence someone to make sure that he makes the right, uh, decision. And it says out of his, it, he's a criminal judge and it says out of his cases that he's only sentenced 30% of the individuals to prison time because he sits down and he thinks, is this really necessary? Am I doing the right thing? Um, he said, I'm merely mortal and I've been assigned an impossible, I've been given an impossible assignment to determine what
0: is sufficient and what is considered fair. That's huge. Uh, that's what that those words are words of humility. Well, and that's a sober judge. A sober judge. That when a person a judge makes the statement, "I'm simply mortal," I don't, I don't. All the hype that's coming, all the accolades, man, sin, that's all out there, man. Throw the key at, throw the book at him, whatever.
19: But what conversations is he having with other judges that he admits that they think they're God?
0: You're exactly right. And
19: that's the that's the sad part because he must be hearing these other judges Absolutely. commenting. Absolutely behind the scenes, when they're just talking alone, what is he hearing that he, he said that thing?
0: No, without question. We know that it is a huge problem, and that's why we today are like, wow, Judge Bain. You know what you was saying? Way to go, Judge Bain. This is how it should be. Can't say it. Because in reality,
15: that's why these judges should be saluted.
0: This judge that Tanik's talking about should be saluted. He says he gets along. He gets quiet. He's been assigned this task to do an impossible job. That's humility.
1: And one other thing he says he does is he actually reads the letters that uh, you know they're giving or the statements. He actually reads them um, when helping determine sentencing. And he was talking wow. about a little boy who was saying, "I need my dad to play baseball with him." And he said, "I had to put myself in that child's shoes wow. to say, okay, if I take away daddy." what you know what happened. But
20: those
0: are those are the things that should be weighed. What what comes to mind here? What what's all involved? The judge said yesterday, talk with me, he said I've I'm hearing that jobs have been lost here. Families have been affected here. Wives have been affected here. That is a judge that rules from the heart. And to this judge that Tanik is talking about our hats are off to you what's his name you're gonna locate his name yes i mean if we can get him on the show william
15: you know as you were talking i i mean we we as a society have been so we sit like we sit and watch george floyd's case waiting to see if if fair judgment would happen this has become the norm you know, we watched the Rittenhouse case happen. The judge made a ruling that allowed that case to go through. And you watch this stuff happen. We've talked about it on this show. And that's one of the, what's one of the things about this show? It, it's it's designed to educate people, people to wake up and understand that the judges in this system can manipulate and play games all day long. And so when we're sitting here, we've seen something, we've seen uh, breaking news of something that's happened, video of something that's happened, and we've seen it here for the past six to seven years. We can name the the you know the, from Michael Brown to Samir Rice to the Alton Sterling's to the Eric Gardner's you and all those situations. A judge is sitting here has control over how this course how this case will go, and we have now become sitting on pins and needles. Like in George Floyd, and you're waiting to see if justice will be will be served. It's become it's become the the this uncertainty, well, how the justice system will play out because of this judge and how they coordinate with the prosecution to steer the case in the direction that they want to go for the outcome that they want. I mean, I I you know I, I'm here and I I went through this case and I also was involved with the IRP five and sat there and. At trial, and the most disheartening thing was when the verdict came down for you guys. That was like heartbreaking. I mean, it's like, how? You say, because I, I sat there as as a witness, and just like, how in the world? And you realize all this stuff that happened.
2: Well, I was to the judge. Oh,
0: no, absolutely right,
2: Samson. Uh, I mean, I just. I've been sitting back here and just, like, listening to everything that's been going on, and and again, to be in um, the courtroom for both the trial and the sentencing, I mean, we're at a very unique situation here at the table just tonight. On one side, we have people that have experienced the absolute worst in the justice system with a a judge that basically said, I hold your life in my hands, you know, and did everything she could to throw down five brilliant men that were just doing nothing but trying to serve their country – now we have a local judge here, a local chief justice, you know, that like you've been pointing out, like everybody's been saying he ruled as a human being uh, from his heart, from a an actual conscience of justice, not just what can I do to these people? And so, I mean, it's that's why we're here, if nothing else, you know, for our audience, this is why we're here to help push change. You know, the fact of the matter is it's Judge Bain and others like him out there should not be unique. They sh- this should not be the exception. This should be the rule. And the fact is, as long as there are judges out there like Judge Arguello and everybody else is in her little crony society, we're going to continue to have to fight and we're going to do so with, with such fervor that they're not going to shut us up.
0: No, absolutely right. That's critically important. Um,
2: go ahead. There's
3: another point to be made. Now, if you ever, I don't know if anybody's ever been to a sentencing, but they run through these, uh, factors, these sentencing factors, and one of them is to promote respect for the law to... And the judges are evaluating this. I think that was what's refreshing about that sober judge that Saneek was talking about. Okay, he really doesn't know, unless a judge has been to prison, how do you know if your judgment is actually fair? They don't have... They re- Judges really don't have a clue. I'm going to send this guy to 15 years. Do you know what 15 years is like do you know what what it's uh how it's going to impact that particular person what's the right judgment for that person uh they really don't know uh they haven't spent a day in prison but yet they're doling out sentences competing for records on sentencing it, 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 it's, it's the most callous cold almost game it's just it's just a big game to them they don't they most of them really have no sense of humanity they don't they just don't, you don't, you don't see them uh, it in, in that, in that way. And I'm speaking from personal experience, but at the end of the day, judges don't know. That's why they have to be careful. They have to be deliberate. They have to show empathy. They have to understand the human cost of all of this stuff, but sadly, that just doesn't happen many times in a conviction mill type of system that's here in in the United States. And you find a bright light every now and then, but uh, without experience, uh, they really don't know what's going on. They don't even know what an effective deterrent or what's going to promote respect for the law. They really
0: don't have a clue. No, they do not. I do believe we have a caller um, in queue. Let's see. Is that correct? Okay, Miss Lawson, Attorney Lawson, are you with us?
16: Yes, I am. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, thanks for your patience. Uh, as I just thought, I thought we had you in queue. Um, as we've been talking today tonight regarding the uh, actions of Judge Chief Judge Bain yesterday in court, um, you're the attorney of record for these gentlemen. Give us your thoughts of how things unfolded.
16: Um well yesterday, um and thank you for having me, Lamont. Um, yesterday was um it was just a totally different situation. You did not see that in all of the judges. Uh, he definitely I agree with the commentators um uh, that have made, um spoken earlier. He definitely is um one of a kind.
12: And um Absolutely. it
16: even it even displays that from the previous judge that was on the case, Aaron Sokol, that had to refuse herself because of the prejudice. Um, and it was just uh, a breath of fresh air to know that he listened to every um, every person that made a statement. Um, he took notes, and, uh, and he also acknowledged that he read the 900-page transcript. Um, and and he was very sorrowful of the men um, being in that situation when he did realize that the church was just reaching out to a family out of kindness and was rendered evil because of that kindness. And so I just truly appreciate Judge Bain for the judge that he was and for the ruling that he made.
0: No, absolutely right. And uh, again, your experience in the system, uh, and and seeing judges and and the things we're talking about in regards to the empathy uh, card, if you will, but the human card is what I call it—the uh, natural uh, card of of humanity—to show kindness, to show to use good judgment, to make it a, a judgment and say, "Look, this is where things are." Uh, as you said, uh, he's one of a kind, and again, to the judge that uh Tanique was referencing tonight uh the judge that also sentenced the, the uh, ex-soldier to uh a day in in county jail lockup uh who went down after he was sentenced and came down to spend the night with this gentleman because of his fears and what he was going through and they shared lasagna dinner if i'm not mistaken uh together that night in county jail a judge get this. Um, that's uncomprehendable. And he said he knew he had to do it. The world needs more judges for sure like this. Um, Clint, your thoughts on that?
11: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I I uh, really i am struck by the attitude of our society, people in society, just the public at large. Uh, they definitely uh, in my opinion, don't know that all this stuff is going on in the system, that we have to take justice out of that phrase, it's just the system. And you know, how did we get here? I mean, how did we get here? How is it that, you know, you're saying that these judges are so evil, the system is so evil, and to be a fair judge, which we anticipate all of them to be, to be such a rare situation, that they would even get ostracized, as David was saying, and, 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 and uh, you know, by police officers, by other judges, by their peers and so forth, you know, is it really the case? I mean, and the citizens should be concerned that I should get involved. I should get involved to see and investigate this situation for myself. It's my country. You know, is this what I, if you can do this against the church and against kindness,
0: where do I stand? Yep. Good point. Uh, Very good point on that. And, and, uh, listen, folks, uh, this stuff here, um, is an eye opener. Um, um, and it is something that has to be looked at. This is something so big, you're unable to look the other way. You can't because lives are truly affected. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Coming back with the last segment of the show, we are up against the clock. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is real stuff. Uh, I don't want anybody in a situation that our guys uh, were in, uh, the four defendants that we talk about on this show, Willie P, Eric Jenkins, Matthew Brown, and William Williams. You don't want nobody to have to go through it. But the good news is we had a judge that had a heart this is AJC radio we'll be right back
10: we know you care now is the time Time to change the face of justice. Did
21: you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non-existent?
12: The incidence of youth and minority offenders faced with trials have
11: exploded. <laughs> youth and minorities are not being represented as they should be. We must represent for people to get fair trials.
16: If you acquire a state ID or driver's license, it allows you to register to vote and it allows you to become eligible for jury service.
3: If you're 18, a U.S. citizen with a state ID or driver's license, and registered to vote, you're eligible to be called for jury duty.
16: If
21: called
10: and selected, make it
3: your duty to serve.
10: We can't get justice without you. Change. 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 Change the face of justice.
7: Check your local county or state jury service website for further details.
12: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
10: My nephew Joshua was 13 when he was killed in 2001 was living with me at the time. He asked me, can I go by Billy's house? I thought, well, you know, what's the harm in that? You know? My mistake was I assumed that there was a parent home. I assumed his father had his weapon properly secured. The kid had removed the magazine, so the kid was sure that the gun was safe. And he, what he didn't know was there was a bullet chamber. Joshua had this fear of weapons because he lost his mother to gun violence. I think this kid really pulled the trigger to show Joshua that, that it was not dangerous. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is to tell my mom we have to bury her grandson. The pain was so great, we just wanted to do something positive, And we also wanted to try to prevent families from experiencing the same pain that this put my family through. we began working with the End Family Fire campaign. Family fire is the accidental shooting of a family member with a weapon that was improperly secured, improperly stored. It's a difficult conversation for people. You don't want to ask or say anything to your neighbors because you don't want to offend them, but there are important things we should know. Where are they going when they play? (laughs) What is the environment of that home? We have to understand that children are inquisitive. They're curious. And there's not one corner of the house that they haven't gone through. If you're a gun owner, you have to make sure your weapon is inaccessible. It will save the family from the pain and the trauma that my family's put through. Because once that happens, it's forever. And if I could prevent one family from experiencing that, then his life will have some purpose. He must have thrown a thousand pitches
11: teaching him to hit a home run, spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver, endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer, but how much time have you spent teaching him
14: what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org, brought to you by Futures Without Violence
11: and the
10: Ad Council.
0: Back, ladies and gentlemen, tonight has been a night of the beginning of a journey. a journey of four men that were done extremely wrong within the system. Willie P, Matthew Brown, Eric Jenkins, and William Williams, and by a judge, Aaron Stokel, and at the time, a prosecutor who was no longer there done a huge injustice to these men. These four men have started on a journey that is a good one, with an outcome that we believe will be complete vindication. The appellate court now holds in their hand, or will have in their hand shortly, the argument for appeal. For the conduct in this case that I believe would be titled as grave constitutional error that violated the rights of these men. Make no mistake about it. The four pillars is not a name we have given these men. Judge Chief Judge Bain gave them those names. The Gazette Telegraph titled their article listed yesterday four pillars of the community sentenced to probation. It has the ring of martyrs, those that have suffered in a way that was not necessary, alluding to David's point. None of these things had to happen, but also the vindication of Yolanda Walker, a young lady who was a and who is, serves as an officer of the church Colorado Springs Fellowship that went the extra mile to set up the apartment for Nick and Arnisha Gaynor as information was delivered and communicated to Pastor Rose Banks of their living conditions that no human being should have to live in. The efforts at that point and the institution of kindness was given out by Pastor Rose Banks and Colorado Springs Fellowship Church to make a difference, to lift the spirits of those who had lost their way, to give encouragement to those that found it very difficult to encourage themselves. And what came from that was a corporate apartment by Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, completely furnished, over $20,000 of church property, every possible thing that a family could need was provided at the most, supposed to be the most giving time of the year, the Christmas season. Colorado Springs Fellowship and Pastor Rose Banks gave $2,500 that the two children in the home would be given Christmas a Christmas special. Beyond that, there were clothes that needed to be bought so they would feel comfortable in an environment of church. More money was given by this church in this ministry, Colorado Springs Fellowship. Over and over and over and over again, kindness was given to the gainers. Friendships were created. Activities were gone to. Hugs were given. And to what end? To be lied on? Because they simply did not want to continue to adhere church guidelines of living Christian guidelines of living no lock of course was on the door never has been but a choice was made that they chose to come the church said we will go and at least retain our property gainers were not put on the street by Colorado Springs Fellowship we simply said the furniture that's in this apartment we need to take possession of because you by your choices have chosen to walk away from the loving kindness program and another family would benefit from that furniture and that investment made by the church. This is the journey that these four men found themselves in to simply do the right thing. Yolanda Walker listed on the lease had a key uh had power and authority to send those men there to take possession of church property. She had complete power. But justice was still afar off. This story, the IRP-5 story, we're just getting started, folks. Tonight, we felt it necessary to speak to the breaking news in this case. Evil was wished upon these men without cause. Celebrations were probably planned as they awaited the verdict of prison, of the sentencing, rather, of prison. But a hero came along. His name is Chief, Bank, Chief Judge Bain. Who said, "Not on his watch." Not on his watch. Connect your thoughts.
1: Um, as I sit here tonight, uh, I would say my faith in judges is renewed um, after seeing everything that I saw uh, with the you know IRP five and so much corruption. You kind of think, can you find a judge? It's it's unfortunate, but to find a good judge, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, So I'm so glad to hear that um, this judge uh, is a good judge uh, because it, like I said, renews my faith that there are some good judges like him out there that might be far and in between, but they do exist.
0: And you stated earlier uh, during the break, the, the judge that we talked about earlier, uh, was yeah.
1: he shot? So, yes, and I wish this article had his name, but they just interviewed various okay. judges. And the one, uh, another reason why I like him is they said he was shot, and he was shot by someone on supervised release that he had actually sentenced. And he was saying, is this going to change how I sentence someone? He said he sat down and said, am I going to give longer prison sen- sentences because of what happened to me, or am I going to give shorter ones because – I'm afraid that uh, if I give a long sentence or sentence somebody, they're going to shoot me. And he said, um, I can honestly say that this incident did not um, affect how uh, affect my sentencing decisions. Um, he said that every judge needs to sit down and look at their, be their own arbitrator. He said it's easy to say it's race. It's easy to say gender. Those are things that are easy to say that I'm biased. He said it's those things that. You have dealt with personal in your life, things that you know other people have dealt with, that uh, is what you have to look at. And he says if you can sit down and look at these and honestly know that you're making a decision and removing yourself from any your own personal life uh, stress, then you know that you can make a good sentencing decision. And so I just uh, think that um, just by by everything that I read by him, he sounds like a – and it could be a female – uh, but it sounds like a very good uh, judge. And like I said, I just wish his name was in here because I would you know like to give him a shout out because everything that I read about him says that he really takes his job seriously. and I think we just need more people like him.
0: Well for the unknown judge, we salute you tonight on AJC Radio. If you happen to be hearing this show, we'll call you the unknown hero on the front lines thank you for what you do for every judge that's out there that says this job is bigger than me and I'm compelled to do the right thing. We say thank you from AJC radio and from our own team and from our our entire uh, AJC radio team. We salute you uh, for your service. Uh, David, we're closing really quick. Uh, Anything you'd like to add as we go? Well, I just,
3: And more judges don't forget about their humanity and and empathy. That's the only thing you can uh, really
0: say. Um, how much time is left? Uh, go ahead. One minute. we got about one minute against the clock.
3: I just want to say, uh, I'm a judge, and we've talked a lot about him. Uh, article, I would like to recommend our analysis of a judge speaks out by uh, H. Lee Serikin. It's a uh, 1,602-page article where he's talking about, Judge Sarek talking about the judiciary, uh, implying that many decisions made by judges aren't necessarily decisions that would be made based off the Constitution, as it should be, but based off judges giving in to the majority's opinions and desires. I would just like to recommend that article because I think a lot of people, they're just not considerate of the Constitution and of humanity, and I think uh, we need more judges uh, really to do some serious introspection about how they're doing their job. Uh,
0: you can also check uh, in the archives of this the show we did on H. Lee Serekin, uh, tr- a tribute to him. Uh, that was erected, the H. Lee Sarakin, uh, Award. David, what is that called? It's the uh, Ga- Gavel of Honor. Gavel of Honor Award. You'll see that and hear about that on the H. Lee Sarakin show, Archive it at hscradio.com. Check it out. We're out of time. We're against the clock, folks. Thank you very much to Attorney Lawson, all the callers that called in, the Pillar Four, uh, those that called in as well, had something to say. to Tanisi Jenkins, the wife of Eric Jenkins, one of the pillars, uh, thank you for coming in and, and showing. Uh, she was getting ready to leave. She said, No, I need to stay. Uh, we appreciate your, your efforts with that. Till next time, America, AJC Radio signs off tonight. Till next Thursday, very special welcome to Tanique Wright, a new member of the AJC Radio team. This is Agency Radio saying goodnight, night, and we we'll, and take care.